0: Connection, the all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7 FM.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Play-By-Play Play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Casey Justclair here pushing the buttons and making things happen. Hope everybody's enjoying their day. As much as we're enjoying it here in the studio, we've got a fun-filled show coming your way in the... Well, heck, we've got a lot of calling guests and everything that'll be coming on. We've got Brody Williams in the next segment, South LaFouche Offensive Line coach. We've got Sterling Washington, the HL Bourgeois Heads football coach, coming on at noon. And then at 12.15, Jesse Turner with the Ellender Patriots. And then at 12.30, Chris Dugat with the Thibodeau Tigers. Sterling and Jesse are going to be the two parts of a coaching duo those two teams are going to be facing one another tonight out at South Terrebonne High School. Those are two good guys to have on the wax. Brody about South LaFouche and Central LaFouche Waxers Chris Duga about Thibodeau's matchup with St. James. But let's do this. We're, um, we were up against it yesterday. We didn't get to our mailbag. We ran out of time. Got a bunch of calling guests today. Don't want to run out of time today. So we're going to get to our mailbag right out of the gate today. If you've got questions for us in the future, find a way to get them to me. I'm at Casey underscore Jisclair on Twitter. We're at KLB Radio on Twitter. Casey Jisclair on Facebook. KLB Radio on Facebook. Casey at gmail.com is my email address. First question from a listener: Casey, can LSU beat Mississippi State this weekend? The answer, yeah, man. Yeah, they can, sure. I mean, LSU has fallen. They haven't fallen far enough to where they just can't beat Mississippi State, who's not in the top twenty-five. Will it be a challenge? Yeah. Will it be a struggle? Yeah. It's going to be a tough game. You know, Mississippi State's actually favored in the game. They've got a good quarterback returning and everything of the sort. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a grind. But this idea that LSU just can't win the game, um, I think, is a little bit far-fetched. I think the Tigers are better than they played against Florida State. And <clears throat> I think we're going to see a cleaner effort. They're going to play with tempo. My concerns are on the defensive side. I don't know that LSU will be able to consistently stop Mississippi State throughout the course of the game. But if they do, if they get off the field on third downs and they get some stops, absolutely, yeah, I think they could, they could certainly win the game. Next question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, who's the NFL team to most impress you in week one and then also to most disappoint you in week one? I'm most impressed with the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs played really well. And I'm not altogether surprised um that the Chiefs played well because I've been saying throughout the offseason I, I thought that they were being forgotten about and I thought that they were a sleeper. And then also another thing, man, is like they played their starters throughout the preseason. All the rust that everybody else has, they didn't have. Um I thought that they were impressive. The team that maybe disappointed me the most, um, the Rams, I guess. Like I thought they were gonna lose to the Bills, but I didn't think they would get crushed by the bills they were a little bit of a disappointment denver probably takes the cake right like you're facing a seattle team that's not any good and you just make coaching mistakes and you know do all kinds of things to swindle yourself out of an opportunity arizona i'm not altogether surprised that arizona struggling green bay they tend to start a little bit slow so yeah i would go i would probably go denver at the top right they're head and shoulders better than Seattle, man. They just they just didn't play well. They just kind of gave it away. You get into the red zone a bunch and don't score and mismanage the clock, and yeah, it's a mess. They gave away a game that they, frankly, should have won. Listener wants to know question three. Casey, is there any path to appeal or petition the rulings last week given out by the LHSA regarding classifications? No. <laughs> Frankly, no, there's not. That's why a lot of the folks are so angry. There were means and opportunities to do such things, but the deadline to write a proposal for the January agenda for the annual convention is August 31st. Guess what? These new classifications and rulings came out after August 31st, so we're just kind of stuck. The timing of all this, the way that they played all of this out, they knew exactly what they were doing. The annual convention, y'all, is going to be a zoo. People are going to be angry. People are going to be upset, and rightfully so, because they passed this through knowing that, hey, once we pass this, there's nothing anyone will be able to do about it. Um, Not fair. Not a good uh, legislative move. And now the member schools are going to have to deal with it. Listener wants to know, Casey, what's going on with Nichols football? Um. <clears throat> Couple of things uh, that, that that they've got to fix right out of the gate. If they want to have any shot to be competitive in the Southland Conference chase, offense first off has to start getting explosive plays. They're not getting any right now. Um, it just becomes too much of a burden when you have to go fifteen, sixteen plays to score because any one penalty, any you know false start, any missed block, any missed assignment that throws you against the schedule, and the drive's over. They've got to figure out some ways to get some explosive plays. Last year, Lindsey Scott would run for 30 yards every once in a while. Or, you know, Dejon Dixon would catch one and break a tackle, and then he's off for 40, 50 yards. You need those types of plays to be an explosive offense. They don't have that right now. And as a result, it's become pretty stale. On the flip side to that, defensively, you've got to tackle. Um, The Colonels' tackling has not been very good. Um, you've got to get ball carriers to the ground. You've got to get off the field on third down. You've got to do things to make sure that you preserve and protect your possessions as best as you can, and those two things right now are really limiting Nichols football. They've got to figure out how to fix those things going forward. <clears throat> Next question, Casey, in lieu of the Dallas Cowboys, who do you see winning the NFC East? So well, first off, I'm not ready to say in lieu of the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys – are going to play just as well with Cooper Rush. They won a game with him a couple weeks, uh, a couple years ago. I think they're going to play just as well with him in the lineup. So I'm not ready to altogether tap out yet. But if we are altogether tapping out, um, it's got to be Philly, right? Like Washington and the and the Giants both look better, but I don't think they're as good as Philly is now. Philly's got a big test on on um, on Sunday. They've got a real real big test. They're taking on the Vikings. That'll be a, a big showdown matchup. For them to kind of showcase themselves, see if they're at the highest level. Minnesota looked great on Sunday, but if it's not going to be Dallas, I think it's going to be Philly, and I don't think there's really any doubt nor question about that. I just can't see Washington being good enough at quarterback long enough, and I just can't see the, the Giants not doing things to screw it up. Question six. Casey, who's the most underrated wrestler in the world? <laughs> this is a good one here. The instinct would be to say like a Dolph Ziggler, right? But I think that so many people say that Dolph Ziggler's underrated now that he's not anymore. Um, AJ Styles doesn't get enough credit nor enough appreciation. Cesaro was for a long time. Now he's in AEW and he's just lost. Um, I'm gonna go with the Miz. Okay, and that's an unpopular answer. You guys are gonna be yelling and screaming and saying, "Casey, what the heck are you talking about? We hate the Miz." That's the point. The fact that for a decade, he has been a bad guy in every situation. He's been a heel in every single situation, and he has gotten over so much talent. He's a multiple-time world champion. He's a multiple-time intercontinental champion and tag champion. He's held so many different titles, and he's always there. He's really never been hurt. He's always been present. He's always in a big-time feud, and he's always making the person that he's feuding with better. And we don't ever really consider him as one of the top guys in the roster when we discuss these things. So I'm going to go with the Miz as the most underrated wrestler in the world. We kind of take advantage of or take for granted how great he actually is. Question seven. Casey, will Aaron Judge re-sign with the Yankees this offseason? I guess. I mean, like, I would assume that that, they would be the favorites, right? They're going to have infinite, infinite supply of money. Um But then it leads to the greater concern of his, why hadn't it been done by now? You know, Judge is having a historically good season. He's a lifer, Yankee, so they say, why hasn't it been done by now? Um, Just get some of those Freddie Freeman vibes, right? Like last year, I kept hearing, oh, he's going to be back. Don't worry. He's going to be back. No worry. And then it lingered and lingered and lingered, and guess what? He wasn't back. So I lean to say, yeah. But it's not a hundred percent, man. Whenever he gets to that open market and starts negotiating, who knows what type of offer other people are going to give him? And we'll see how it goes. But I, I tend to say probably about sixty or seventy percent. Yes, he will be with the Yankees. Last question, then we'll wrap up. Casey, will the or would the Texas A&M Aggies be better with Max Johnson at quarterback going forward? Look, I'm not a big Max Johnson guy. I don't think that his arm is strong enough to win big. But hell, I think he's better than what they're playing right now. <laughs> um, look, I've seen Max Johnson win games in the SEC. I've seen Max Johnson beat Florida. I've seen him beat Texas A&M. The guy they're playing right now can't beat Appalachian State. So to answer the question, yeah, I don't think he could be any worse, man. You scored 14 points against Appalachian State, didn't even get 100 yards passing against Appalachian State with um, you know King in the lineup. Yeah, it's probably time to try Max Johnson out and see what he could do. I don't know that he could be any worse. It's play-by-play. We knocked out our Q&A session right out of the gate. Now let's go to the phone lines. Brody Williams, South LaFouche High School. We'll be chatting with him in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on KLEB. We go to the phone lines for the first time today and have South Lafouche High School boys basketball coach, but also assistant football coach Brody Williams on the line. Brody, good morning, buddy. How are you?
6: Morning, Casey. I'm doing well. How about y'all?
1: Doing great, man. Big one tomorrow. You guys are taking on Central Lafouche rivalry matchup, game against a, an evenly matched opponent. Talk about how the week of practice has been for Tarpon football, bro. Yeah,
6: I think uh, our week of practice has been pretty, pretty good so far. We've Seem more, you know, mentally focused. Seem that, uh, you know, we we're cleaning up some things that might have been some some issues last week. Uh, we made a change on offensive line at the at the center position. Uh, and one of one of our guys got an injury, but uh, put somebody back there at the center position. That you know we're getting snaps down. So I know that was a concern of ours uh, after last week. So um, <clears throat> I think we I think we're gonna go into the game well prepared, focused um sorry about that we just got to execute I feel good about
1: it as an offensive line coach when you're seeing your team have the snap issues dude I know it's got to be a helpless feeling But I know you guys rep it in practice and you do it right in practice and I know you feel for the kid but on the flip side to that like hey man like we got to get that snap down for the competitive side of the game like talk about what's going through your mind as you're seeing that first quarter play out against Thibodeau because I know it had to be pretty rough
6: yeah, I think it was just a nerve thing, you know, just nerves and the jitters. And, you know, it was a, a Parish rival, and, you know, we kind of hyped the game up a lot. And it's going to be very similar to this week. You know, it's a, a Parrish rival, a big rival game, something that, you know, we try to get up for. But sometimes if you get too up for you get the nerves. And I think it was one of those things where he, he was just nervous, and, uh, you know, he, he – Credit to him. I mean, he fixed it, and we, we, we went well the rest of the game. Once we got the snap, you know, we started being productive on offense, and I think uh, that kind of showed not only him but the whole team. Like, you know, little things like that—not only the snap, but anything like catching the snap or or something as small as like a hands-off exchange, things like that. They uh, those little things add up to big things, and uh, once we get it rolling, uh, we had some success on offense.
1: Yep, no doubt, man. Talk about the way your offensive line has performed through two games. Uh, what are some things you like, and what are some things that your you guys are trying to get better at?
6: Yeah, I, I think I like that they, you know, um, scheme-wise, we know what we're doing. We know where we're going. We don't have many mental busts. Um, one thing I think we need to get better at is in the run game. We need to get more push up front. We need to be able to run the ball a little more effectively. The last two games I think we might have – average maybe around three yards of carry, if, if that. And, you know, it needs to be, it needs to be more around five yards of carry. Um, you know, we we might not be a big play team in the run game. Our big plays might come more from the passing game. But I, I think in that especially at the high school level, you got to, in any level really, you got to establish a run game. So uh, that's what we've been working on, trying to, you know, be more physical at the point of attack and getting some push up front and be more successful in the run game.
1: You know, knock on wood. One thing that you guys have done well, you've avoided the penalties, bro. There hadn't been a whole lot of holdings or anything like that. So you guys are playing clean up front, man. And that's got to make you uh, feel proud.
6: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like just a um, you know a couple holding penalties, but we pride ourselves on you know playing playing the game right and playing technically sound, being very detail oriented. And I think that uh, you know that's one thing I am proud of. Proud of that. You mentioned that just that we haven't been getting all kind of false starts or, you know, holding penalties or, or you know, flagrant penalties, anything stupid, you know, stuff like that. But um, one thing we need to definitely work on is being more physical up front.
1: Their defensive line, Central LaFouche's defensive line, what are some things they do well? What are some things you guys are going to have to do to combat what they do well?
6: They, um, they're, they're very, very Physically gifted, they're big, they're strong, they're fast. Probably the best defensive line we're going to face. That you know, thus far, um, they have them at linebacker, so they're not they're not like super big. They're more like linebacker de- defensive end type bodies, but they're they're they super quick. They get off the ball hard. They're strong and they penetrate gaps and get plays in the backfield. That that's really I think that's the strong part of their defense. And you know, we watched watching film. They started out on a three man front. And a lot of them guys were at linebacker. And I think you know, I think Coach Pop at Central is like, you know, well, these guys are you know, physical at linebacker and they're making plays. Why not just put them on the defensive line? And so uh, the last two games they've been in the four down front. And uh, I think it's because that's their strength. They try to make plays in the backfield. They try to rush the quarterback. So it's going to be a big challenge for the offensive line this game, uh, which we we, you know, we like that challenge. We want to accept that challenge. and um, But they're very physical up front, very gifted for
1: sure. Bro, you know, it's got to be, you know, interesting because, look, after watching two games, if the pass protection's there, Ogeron is going to find cure He's going to find, you know, one of the weapons out there, Berg or, you know, Sanamo or whoever it may be, Kale. So if the protection's there, man, that offense is explosive. And, and at times, as he said against Thibodeau, you know, you guys were moving the ball, and then obviously against St. Edmunds, you moved the ball. It's still very explosive offense.
6: Absolutely, and then we we you know we tell them that every day. You know, Coach Young and, and I, you know, we specifically harden the offensive line, and you know, harder than you know most of the positions. And then the reason is because anybody who is around the game of football knows the game's one up front, offensively and defensively. So if we if we can't protect, and we can't get the ball to our skill guys, if we can't Run the ball, then it's gonna be very hard. We got to, to throw it every down. If you can't run the ball and you can't protect, well, then you have no offense. So it all starts up front, and uh, we we challenge our kids every week, our, our offensive linemen, to to accept that challenge and accept it. You, may, your name might not be in the paper, you know, you might not be scoring the touchdowns, but when we win games, that's a direct reflection of, or we score points, you know, that's a direct reflection of view as the offensive lines, so i think this week is going to be crucial that we protect i think we're going to have guys running open i think we're going to have some good opportunities to score a lot of points but again they're good they're good student defense one of their better positions groups are defensive line and it's going to be a challenge and uh we're looking forward to that challenge to protect carson and score a lot of points this week.
1: obviously as a player you know the matchups with thibodeau and central and vanderbilt and all those games like they obviously mean more emotionally as a coach, look—you experienced it as a player. Now you've experienced it as a coach. As a coach, do those games mean a little bit more too?
6: Uh, I, I treat every game pretty much the same because, uh, to me, my, my big one of my big things is you never want to get too high, too low. Uh, I think if you, it's overrated getting you know, oh, it's our rival, and I, I get it. I mean, it's a big, it's a big deal, but every game's important. I mean, power points are the most important thing in my book. Um, now. That being said, yes, you want I me. Mean, you want to beat your rivals and stuff. But I try to treat every game as it's super important and uh, try to prepare pretty consistently for every game. And I don't treat one game or try to get the guys overthinking or overexcited or I try to just get, look, it's another football game. Let's play our game. Let's do what we do. And let's come out with a victory.
1: What are some keys to victory tomorrow for the Tarpons? What are some things you guys got to do well across the board to try to beat the Trojans?
6: We got to, uh, offensively, we got we to gotta score. Um, we got to be well in the run game. We got to be able to throw the ball and protect Carson in the pocket. Um, I think we got to score, you know, 28 plus points. And I think, you know, I don't know much on the defense side of the ball, but I've heard, you know, defensive coaches talk. We got to stop number 21. That's their running back. Uh, he's their go to guy. And uh, if we can limit him, you know, he might not stop him, but if you can limit him, you know, uh, Rally them in and not let them you know just run for huge yards and i think we'll be all right and right we'll come out with a victory
1: basketball wise is that even a thought right now i mean obviously you guys are so invested in football is there anything going on basketball wise right now that you could share
6: yeah i mean i've been you know thinking about it and stuff getting ready the first practice is going to be october 10th um you know it's kind of around the corner it's lingering in my head but Nothing that we're doing physically you no know, like open gym or stuff, you know, most of our efforts been on uh been on um football. We do have a new assistant coach. Uh it's gonna be me, Coach Crosby, and um Blake Ogale. He's a student teacher right now at school and then he's gonna graduate in December. He's gonna come help uh coach with us at um for basketball. So I'm excited about that. And we're really probably in the next couple of weeks gonna be getting meeting and then really when october hits we start to hit the ground running and stuff like
1: that so really cool buddy look man thanks so much for the time we'll chat again soon good luck tomorrow man
6: all right appreciate it Casey. thank you
1: yep that is coach brody williams at south bush high school doing a good job as always i'm happy to hear and look you don't expect coaches to overlook any opponent you know so i'm not surprised I, i just say i'm happy to hear i'm happy to hear that bj and brody and you know all the folks that you talk to out there they understand It's going to be a good game tomorrow. This is not. There's a lot of fans that I'm talking to are still of the mindset of, oh, bro, it's Central. Like, they don't beat anybody. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Central Lafouche is coming here tomorrow. They're coming in here with minds of a victory. They're going to be very competitive. They're going to play hard. And the Tarpons are going to have to match that effort and that intensity. And I think they will throughout the course of the week, listening to how they've been preparing, kind of eased any little concerns that it may or may not have had. It's play by play. Let's thank our sponsors for the first time. We kind of rushed into the show today, wanted to get the mailbag out of the way, but it was a restant, a leftover from yesterday. Saying the Blue Boot Foundation, Southland Dodge, and Homa Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs, because power is our middle name. Do for building materials, got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all natural mosquito control professionals, providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. How about Golden Motors, where price is priority proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Reminder, join us tomorrow. Varsity football coverage, pregame, 6.30, kickoff, 7 o'clock, South Lafouche and Central Lafouche. Our broadcast is sponsored by 3T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, Danoss, Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, and Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals, in addition to Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joseph the Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev, and Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Sterling, Washington. His team is actually playing today. HL Bourgeois and Ellender will have both coaches from that game on in the next two segments. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
8: We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
2: Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally-owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic, Organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed.
9: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rousers Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store.
4: Jump to your feet right
1: now. Oh! The Friday night lights are awesome but Thursday night lights ain't bad either and one coach in the area who has going to be experiencing some Thursday night lights tonight is Sterling Washington with HL bourgeois his team has taken on Ellen they're in a big big ball game for both teams coach Sterling good afternoon my friend how are you
10: Good afternoon. How you guys are doing?
1: Good, man. Good. Big game for your team today. You guys are hungry for a win. They're hungry for a win. It's a big one both ways. Talk about your preparations for tonight's game.
11: Oh, definitely. Our preparations started with trying to correct the mistakes that we had in the last two weeks on offense and defense. It's coming with a slow process with the young kids we are having. And like I said, we see the progress. We see the energy is still there. We see the motivation. And like I said, we just have to keep grinding.
1: Tell me about your last game against West Jeff. I was following some scores from a couple of fans on Facebook who were there. You guys led throughout, then just came a little bit short. Was well, What were they doing to you at the end there that weren't allowing you guys to get the victory?
11: Well, I think it was just you know some young guys uh, that wasn't paying attention to their keys and was able to allow some of their receivers to get behind them on the defensive end. And then on the offensive end, we had some untimely turnovers. And I think that's two of the things that, you know, we had to correct immediately once we got back to practice, is recognizing that, you know, when we have a lead, you know, do a better job of, of securing the ball, but also from the defensive standpoint, not giving up the big plays.
1: That's the thing about youth coaches. Look, you could stress that in film. You could stress that in practice. But until they go through those growing pains on a Friday night, they're never going to learn all the way. I'm sure it's frustrating, but that's just part of being a young team.
11: Well, I think the young, me, me, I've been in it, you know, and I think with a young team and a young coaching staff, they're starting to understand that I continue to uh, try to get them to understand it's a process. You know, it's not something that we're going to come out there with a lot of new people coming around. We only had three kids that's on the team that played any varsity last year. Uh, So, therefore, this this is just a process we got to go through. And sometimes, you know, playing against yourself, you don't really see your mistakes. And I truly believe kids are comfortable against themselves, and the more they play against another team and get uncomfortable, you can go ahead on and correct your mistakes a lot quicker, you know, uh, from game footage than practice.
1: Facing Ellender, they've got a lot of explosive players, a lot of athletes. I know Jesse really wants to get the ball to those guys in space. I'm sure tackling and stopping them before they get rolling will be a big point of emphasis tonight.
11: That's the biggest point of emphasis, you know, trying to get to their playmakers before they get going. They're very shifted. They're athletic, uh, and they have some speed. So our goal is to get to them, uh, hold on, and, and, and definitely have a lot of pursuit to the ball because they have players that are capable of breaking one or two tackles and taking it to the house.
1: And, you know, conversely to that, that makes special teams very important because, look, if if you're kicking it, you're kicking it to a playmaker and then they're going to have a lot of room to run. I know they like to take advantage of some things in the return game, but did you guys spend maybe a little extra time on your coverage teams this week?
11: Yes, yes, we definitely, you know, uh, paid a lot of attention to our special teams this week, Um, you know, in reference to making sure we have people that can compete with the speed that they're going to have, and and more or less some of the discipline that they're going to have. So we definitely focused in that and definitely have a game plan into where we're kicking the ball and who we're kicking the ball to.
1: Have you guys been able to get out and get more work in with all this, you know, this sun that we've had? Because I remember after the jamboree we had you on and you said, you know, Casey, it was a little sloppy, but we haven't been able to practice like at all. And, you know, has right. th- this sunny weather been more kind to you all?
11: It's been kind. This was been probably the first week that we've been able to get out uh, on the on the field consistently. Uh, a couple of wet spots. We had to move to a different field, you know, the soccer field, uh, you know, at the beginning of the week because our field was still, you know, wet. Uh, but at least we was able to get out and see uh, a wide angle. There's a big difference when you're trying to see things in a gym uh, or on the track compared to the field. So this week, you know, we definitely was, given a little opportunity to get on the grass and also spread it out and be able to show the kids, you know, definitely what we're trying to get them to do from the offense, defense, and special team.
1: I was talking to Butch Terrio of Homer Christian earlier in the week, and he said, look, man, you know, it's one thing to lose close games and, you know, go in the locker room and tell the kids, hey, we're growing and we're close, but it's another thing to actually win one and have them taste that success. Tonight's a big one, man. I know you guys are hungry to get that win. This is a big game for your football team tonight, isn't it?
11: Oh yeah, this is a very big team. I mean, b- very big game for our kids. You know, trying to get over that hump and get them to understand about what winning is about, uh, what this process is about, and definitely, anytime you're playing someone from the parish, it's a big. Because the kids know each other. Some of them play seven on seven together. Uh, friends and families have people who have graduated from each one of the schools on on each team. So this definitely going to be a big. Game for us, and we're just trying to go out there and, you know, execute the game plan and come out
1: with a victory. We talked about the things your defense have to do to slow them down. On the other side, offensively, where are some areas you think you may be able to attack and take advantage of Ellender's defense?
11: Well, I think the the thing is, I think you know, just looking at their team, we may have an advantage with the offensive line. Think we may have a few bigger guys than them, but they're going to play hard. They're going to be consistently. And we're going to try to mix the, you know, run uh, the pass and just keep it simple with our kids and just let their talent take over. Um, Like I said, this is a time of the year where, you know, everybody's trying to fix some things, and that's the part of the area we're trying to fix on the offense. Just get some consistency uh, in the run and pass game and then just try to get the ball to our playmakers and see if they can make a play or two for us.
1: Very good. Well, look, my friend, we thank you so much for the time, and good luck tonight, bro. Well, I sure appreciate you guys
11: always. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to just go ahead and share a little bit of what we're trying to accomplish over here, and we greatly appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. That is Coach Washington with HL Bourgeois doing a great job, as always. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Jesse Turner with the Elender Patriots. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. You're
0: listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
7: The music on the bayou, the Raging Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM.
0: Home health services in South La are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you.
7: Hey, Mike Davis here.
2: Guaranteed.
3: dot com.
1: Big, big, big football game out in Terrebonne in Paris tonight. You got H L. and Ellender. We had Coach Washington in the last segment of the show to break down things from the pay, uh, from the, excuse me from the Braves perspective. Now we go to Jesse Turner of the Ellender Patriots to give a rundown of things from the Patriots perspective. Coach Jesse, good afternoon, man. How are you?
10: Good afternoon, man. It's game day, man.
1: Excited, excited. It, it is game day, and bro, it's a big game day. Two teams that are hungry for a win. I was actually talking about this with Sterling in the last segment. This is a big, big ball game for both of you all. This is going to be a big one tonight, isn't it?
10: Yes, sir, it will, man. With both both, uh, you know, hard-fighting teams. Uh, I've been watching HL on film. They're well-coached. Um, they got a great leader. Um, you know, in, in a couple of those games they played, it could have been either way. They could have got a win, you know. So I know they're pretty hungry for a win, but on the Patriot end, man, we've been working hard, especially this week, and we're just looking for that spark. And I think this week we can capitalize on a – on a lot of things, we, we had a great week of practice. Probably one of the best weeks uh, so far this season. Um, so we're looking, uh, you know, to go out there and just and, and play better and, and hopefully come out on the right end of the stick.
1: Sterling told us in the last segment. He said, "Look, we've got to stop their playmakers before they ever get going." So conversely to that, on the flip side, from your perspective, I'm sure it's the opposite. I'm sure you guys are trying to get those guys in, in space and make sure that they can have some room. And how are you guys going to strategize that and try to get them rolling?
10: Uh, of course, man. Uh, we we got some playmakers. So and uh, you know we lost a couple games, but at the end of that Country Day game, we we found something. We, we you know we got our guys the ball, just quick, uh, you know, and and let them do something with it. So uh, we just simplifying things. We want them to get the ball and and hopefully they can make plays and and put the you know put the game on their shoulders. On the other end, um, they got some big guys. You know what I'm saying? They, they they're uh, really bigger than us. Um, so we got to figure out a way, you know, to create creases and. Um, get some penetration on the defensive line and get create creases for our run game, so we can get that going. Because we know if we can get the run game going, um, it does it definitely helps on the outside with with our playmakers and stuff like that, and giving them cushion and giving giving them matchups that they can win. So um, it's gonna be an exciting one, man. I think whoever makes the uh, least mistake tonight, uh, gonna gonna come out
1: victorious. You kind of touched on what my next question was going to be. I've seen them in person. I've seen you in person. They got much more size up front than you do. But, you know, size isn't everything, man, you guys could be scrappy, scrapping, hold some blocks and make some things happen. How do you offset the, the size and weight advantage that they have at the line of scrimmage?
10: We, we just got to come off the ball. You know, we, we got to come off the ball and no, don't allow those guys to penetrate and, and our back, you know, once he see it, he got to hit it. You know what I'm saying? It might close up quick with those big guys, but – uh, at the end of the day, we just got to, you know, like you say, be a little scrappy. Uh, be, be prepared to fight for four quarters. And if uh, and we can do that and we can get that run game established and if we can uh, control some things on the defensive line, I think we got a great chance to, you know, to be successful tonight. Um, so, but, but we move some things around. Of course, up front right now, we're battling a, a lot of things, you know, youth and um, just that strength factor that I always talk about. Uh, but we move some things around and I'm excited to see you know, high jail tonight and, and see how, you know, how they, how they play.
1: I was just about to ask you about the mood of the team after a couple of hard-fought games, but then you tell me, hey, we found something at the end against Country Day, and then you tell me, hey, we maybe had our best week of practice. So it sounds like you already answered that. The kids are doing okay, aren't they?
10: The tough, the toughest part of the job is when you you fall down 0-2 and, you know, the expectations before the season are high and, and you, you lose those first two games which is a winnable game for us uh, you know, going into a Monday team meeting, man, it, it's tough. It, it, it's tough keeping those guys going. But like I said before when I was on the show, man, I, I, we do have a great group of players. We have a great group of seniors who, you know, they're going to take control, man. There's it, not much that I even have to say uh, in these meetings, man. They're they taking control. They, they know that um, the results of the game, we are better than, you know, 0-2 record right now. Uh, we are better than what we've been just playing on film and, and playing in the game. So those guys know that, man. And, and just to see them coming out on on a Monday practice, Tuesday practice, on a short week and put forward the effort and the focus that they have been doing, it's, just, it's you know it's, it's a testament to what type of team we are. So I, I know once we find that spark, I, I, and I think we found it, um, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be able to turn the season around and be able to compete uh, for our goals, you know, and our goals are, you know, to compete for a district championship. And, uh, and I think, you know, those goals still are, that goal still is intact. So we're going to just keep pushing until
1: we get it. Coach Washington said, Hey man, we've spent a lot of time this week on our coverage teams. They're concerned about, you know, you guys making some plays in the return game. Is that an area where you guys think you can maybe make a game changing play tonight?
10: Yeah, uh, you know, the last week in this country day, we we brought a kick return to the house, but you know, we just got to be fundamentally solid. It was it was a call back, you know, from you know a penalty that could have been avoided. Um, so we definitely worked on that this week. We do have skilled guys. Uh, we feel like if, if uh, you know any kick it to any three of those guys in the back, they can uh, do something with it. Um, so we definitely looking to make big plays on special teams. We we looking to make big plays all over the field. Uh, we we got a, a special group of guys. We just got to get them going. And uh, any time we you know, have a chance, we've got to take advantage and put some points on the scoreboard. Um, so, yeah, special teams is definitely uh, something that we're we looking forward to tonight uh, so we can change like, the pace of the game you know, and, and get us that, that advantage in, in, in that area.
1: Offense has been a little bit of a struggle. you got 20 points combined in the two games. How important is it tonight to punch one in early and let them know, like, hey, man, this ain't the first two games anymore. That, that's over. How important is it to get off to that fast start?
10: Very important. Very important. Every game we started off slow. Um, it's not like we're not moving the ball. It's just, we're just just making, you know, some some crazy mistakes that we shouldn't be making right now uh, at this part of the season. Uh, but again, you know, doing doing practice week, doing film, we pointed those things out. We pointed uh, just the extra effort, you know, on the outside on the perimeter blocking when the receivers not get the ball. We we got to execute on all phases, every play. You cannot take no play for granted because. The guys that we got, like we talk about all the time, you know, they can catch a five-yard hit and, and, they can spring it for a touchdown and your block may be key into that. So, every play we we definitely got to take advantage and and give our best effort. So we're looking to come out fast. Practice, we uh, you know, we you know we did practice a little different this week as far as coming out of practice. We you know we started off with a team period, uh, just so we can uh, get used to starting off at a good pace. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm looking forward to that tonight as well.
1: Coach, I asked Brody Williams, the South LaFouche assistant coach, earlier in the show, was they playing Central LaFouche this week? I asked him, hey, obviously as a player, the rivalry games mean so much more and you get jacked up and you have a pep rally and you know, there's all the trash talk on social media amongst the guys and all that good stuff. As a coach, do these games, these cross-parish games, do they mean a little bit more? Or is it, Jay, hey, just one game at a time, next opponent up?
10: one game at a time next the point it out but at, at, at the end of the day you you cannot lie to yourself uh you know i'm a guy who's in the community a lot you know and i, and I actually live in great louisiana which is uh maybe two <laughs> minutes away from HL. so you know you, you want to when you go outside you want to be proud of your of, of your team and especially when you're playing guys in the community but at the end of the day man it's just another game there's another chance to get better another uh chance for my guys to go out there and, and play with their teammates win lose or draw um, it's just another, you know, another blessing, man. So, um, but it, it's still, a, a, you know, a little competitive edge that you do want to beat those uh, in, in Paris schools. Um, but we'll we'll see. How I work tonight we'll see. How I happens.
7: Jesse.
1: Let's talk about all this madness that went on in Baton Rouge last week, man. You guys are in a weird situation where football wise, you're staying Division Two. Basketball, baseball, yeah. softball wise, you guys are jumping to Division One. In the future, you're likely to be in a different football district than the basketball team's going to be in, because they're going to probably be in a different. Like it, it's weird. I don't know what to make of it. I I don't know how long it's going to last. But man, what are your thoughts as you're seeing all this chaos going on?
10: I'm be honest, I, I I really don't understand it. Uh, you know, but I'm I'm not going to complain. Uh, I, I, like I tell my kids all the time, to control what what we can control. You know what I'm saying? And just put forth our best. But I'm looking at the division the, the way they broke up. I got teams in my in my district playing in division one. You know what I'm saying? I just don't I, I I don't understand. I'm like something gotta be wrong. Is this the correct one? And and uh, you know, my athletic director confirmed it. <laughs> and uh I, I just don't know. I, I don't know the thought process of it. Um you got four A and five A schools playing together in the playoffs and I, I you know, I, I don't know, you know, but at the end of the day all we can do is try to get into the playoffs and, and uh see how it works then and maybe I can give my opinion if we make it, you know, but <laughs> Uh, other than that, uh, we just gotta control what we can control, man. And the, and the HL right now is you know they they on the they on the clock, so we 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 got to see what uh, we can do tonight, and then hopefully we can make it to the playoffs, and and maybe this offseason maybe take a little dive in and see exactly what they're thinking up there at the state. But other than that, man, we just gotta take it week by week and and just do our best and, and get better every week.
1: These Thursday games that you guys have to deal with every once in a while when you share home day with South Carolina, how does that change your practice week, Any, and does it, or is it just a situation where you guys have been doing this so long that it really doesn't affect you much anymore?
10: Uh, it, it does, you know, because of those, those Mondays, especially when you watch film, you want, you want to get in uh, uh, on a Monday and watch a good m- amount of film. But we cut that time down a little bit, but it's still effective. And then our Monday practice is pretty long because you want to combine that Monday and that Tuesday a little bit. Um, and it's just a short week, but it's kind of funny sometimes when you do those short weeks how focused the kids are. They see it, you know, everything has been ramped up a little bit, being that it's a short week, and they catch on to it. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not against a Thursday game at any time. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it is for me, uh, with my team, it just seems like the focus level has risen, and with my coaches, so um, it, it's it's different. You know, being that we plan on Thursday, but. At the end of the day, man, it shouldn't make a difference because every everything that we covered during a, a normal week, we covered uh, in the short week. So, yep. everything should be fine.
1: Before we let you go, what are some keys to victory? What are some things the Patriots have to do well to defeat the Braves tonight?
10: T- tonight, we got to take care of the football. Uh, we got to take care of the football. Do not beat ourselves, and we got to wrap up when we tackle. And if we do those two things, I definitely think we can we, we could come out on top
1: tonight. Sounds good, brother. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck tonight, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Yep. That is Coach Jesse Turner with the Ellender Patriots. Uh, they're hungry. They need one. HL Bourgeois needs one. That makes this a very intriguing matchup because look, you never you never want to say early in a season, oh, it's a must win. Because, you know, most of the time we say that it's an overreaction and it's not a must win. This is a must win for both of these teams tonight. Ellender's got to get this one. You don't want to fall to 0 3. HL Bourgeois has got to get this one. You don't want to fall to 0-3. Ellender's still got to play South Terrebonne, Terrebonne, Assumption, Vanderbilt, South Lafouche, Lutcher, Like They've still got the meat of their schedule ahead. I don't have to tell you what HL Bourgeois still has ahead in district. Thibodeau, Destran, East St. John, Honville. I could go on and on and on. So this is a big one for... Both teams tonight and the winner of this one can maybe kind of sort of start getting the ship stable a little bit. And I'm not going to go so far as to say the loser's in trouble, but the losers is definitively behind the eight ball and has a lot of work to do to try to get some things right. So that makes this tonight a very intriguing matchup. Now, shifting slightly away from high school, we've got Chris Dugat coming on in the next segment in about 05 minutes or so. But uh, shifting slightly away from high school. Tonight, big, big matchup in the NFL, right? Thursday night football, you got the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I've been talking up the Chiefs here um, on um, any platform that I've been on. Here the Sports Corner, any call-in shows or appearances that we make. I think the Chiefs have been overlooked. I think that we have gone way too far in terms of discrediting them, last year they turned over the ball like a bakery, two, three, four times a game. But a lot of it was like fluke stuff, right? Like Mahomes throws a pass, it hits off the receiver's hands, it's intercepted. Mahomes throws a pass, it's off the receiver's helmet, and it gets popped up in the air. Like a lot of flukish turnovers last year. And then also they played some third-down defense that really wasn't any good and it didn't allow their offense to have opportunities late in games to get back onto the field to try to do some things that they needed to do. Well, tonight we're going to learn a lot both ways because in addition to my thinking that the Chiefs are one of the contenders in the AFC, if not the entire NFL, I think that Los Angeles Chargers are in a great position too. Justin Herbert is as good of a young quarterback as you're going to find. Early in his career, I was kind of off the bandwagon a little bit. Oh, this guy's overrated. I was wrong about that. (laughs) Herbert is 24 years old. He does everything well. He's got great pocket presence. He's 6'6", 236. He threw for 5,000 yards last year, 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He opened up this season against Las Vegas, 26 of 34, 279, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He is a hand cannon. And when you're talking about future destinations for Sean Payton, reportedly, according to some folks who are pretty close to Sean, they're saying, hey, man, to hell with Dallas. This is where this guy wants to be because he wants to get the prime of Justin Herbert's Chargers career. And you could certainly understand why. The knock on the Chargers in recent years has, has been they find ways, hell, They invent ways to lose games and to not take that step forward. Do you remember the overtime debacle last year where all they have to do to make the playoffs is tie? That's literally all you have to do to make the playoffs is tie. They do all kind of nonsense at the end of the game, refuse to take the tie. They want to try to win. They lose in overtime. Don't make the playoffs. The Chargers lost in overtime a couple of times last year. The Chargers lost close a couple of times last year. Count it off. Losses by 10 points or less last year. One, two, three, four, five of their eight losses were by 10 points or less last year. They've got to figure out ways to make that statement and push through and have that killer instinct late in games. Tonight, at Arrowhead, you've got a chance to really, really do that against a Chiefs team that is as good as anyone. That'll be on Amazon Prime Video Can't wait to see how that one shakes out. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going back on the high school train. Chris Dugat, Tibbet High, will be joining us. His team's got a big one against St. James. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
0: The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
8: Friends and family, Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Do building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Do Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slide and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Do Friend difference. The Cutoff Youth Center's Hurricane Festival is back and better than
1: ever September 23rd through the 25th. The fair kicks off with music by Orange, followed by the Gordon Bradbury Band. Saturday's lineup is Ben Bruce and the Acadians, Rough and Ready, and music by Shorts in December. And on Sunday, it's no other than the famous Wayland Thibodeau. Enjoy pay one price rides, great Cajun food, auctions, crab boots, and a raffle drawdown for $6,000 free parking and free admission. So join us for the Cutoff Youth Center's Hurricane Festival, September 23rd through the 25th.
0: Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7.00 p.m. and Saturdays 9.00 a.m. to 3.00 p.m. We treat you like family at
2: Lady of the Sea. yourself up for success when planning your next event whether it be a festival Mardi Gras rodeo or outdoor music venue Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 18103 and 2 stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime anywhere 24 hours a day 7 days a week planning an event visit joes septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff Thibodaux Foucha Abbeville and Reserve
1: It is the lunchtime hour. LaFouche, hope everybody's enjoying their break from work. Spend it with us. We'll be here until 1 o'clock. We're talking some football this segment with Thibodeau High School football coach Chris Duga. His team's got a big one tomorrow against St. James. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are you?
12: Good, man. How's it going?
1: Good. Uh, big, big ball game for your club. Taking on a really talented St. James team. What are you seeing on film? And what? Are, uh, how's your preparation so far this week been?
12: Uh, preparation's been really good. Uh Three real good practices so far. Um, on film, of course, they, they, they got some really good athletes. Uh, the guy that stands out uh, that uh, started playing from last week, of course, is uh, Kai uh, Prian, who's a four-star kid, and he's committed to LSU. So, uh, you know, of course, when you face a kid like that, you got to be you got to know where he is every snap because he's going to line up in different places. He'll line up uh, at the outside receiver in the slot and running back. I wouldn't even be surprised if he takes a couple of snaps at Wildcat, even though they hadn't done that yet. But last week was his first week, so maybe they're pacing themselves uh, with, the, with the way they use him. So uh, we just got to know where he is. We got to tackle soundly and uh, just keep on keeping on on offense. You know, what we've been doing so far has been good. Just got to uh, keep up the production. Uh, we've been pretty balanced uh, with the run in the past. A little bit more pass heavy against Lutcher and then really balanced last week. So uh, our our focus and, and, and our mindset is that we want to have balance on offense, so hopefully we can uh, we can achieve that this week.
1: Been at home the first two weeks, now you go to St. James, man. I, I hadn't been there, admittedly, in the last few years, but I know back in the day it used to get wild, so it would be a good environment for your team to test itself against a good opponent. That would be a good experience for your crew.
12: Yeah, I hadn't been down there myself since my Assumption days coaching, you know, and when I was coaching at Assumption, we used to uh, we used to play St. James every year. It was kind of like a standing deal, standing rivalry, and uh, you know we went down that. That was when they went to old school, and Coach Gailey was uh, was the head coach back then, and they had some good football teams, and uh, we had some pretty good football teams too at Assumption back then. So it was it was some really good games, and, it, and it's a really good environment to go into, especially uh, you know to to see if you're ready for that type of deal because that's what it's going to be like in a playoff type environment.
1: Coach, um, I was super impressed with the way you guys used Singleton last Friday. You know, he was playing a little slot. He was playing a little running back and, you know, doing a little bit of everything, hitting him in all different directions. He's evolved, man. He is a really, really, really good football player for your team.
12: Yeah. You know, we just got to be creative with his touches and, uh, you know, he'll touch the ball a few times from the backfield and we'll get him a few, uh, you know, a few little plays in the slot and we can even line him up outside, you know, even in a in a wildcat situation, we can line him up there, and uh, the people don't realize that Ian was a starting re- all district receiver for us his tenth grade year. So we can line him up there. Singleton can throw Ian the ball. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different things we can do with Demarcus, and we just got to get be creative with his touches. Probably try to get him a few more touches a game. We need to get him to the, to the fifteen twenty mark. I think last week he was around the ten to twelve mark. We got to we got to get his touches up a few more because uh, he's dead that type of kid that can hit the home run at any given time from any given place.
1: Now on the flip side to that, the reason why you guys are able to move him all around is because you got another running back. This Holmes kid uh, runs the ball really, really hard and he was doing some great things too. I know it's got to be great to have him you with know, kind of that lightning and that thunder, both in that backfield, man.
12: Yeah. Kanye's a big kid. You know, he, he, he's, he's a kid that can get the tough yardage and, and pound the defense a little bit and wear them down. And then you come in with DeMarcus a faster back, uh, who can also run between the tackles, and it, it's a good combination. And then we got another kid, Jalen Brown, who played for us in the jamboree, separated his shoulder that we're hoping to get back maybe next week. Who's really the the, the real big play threat? He's he's probably the fastest guy of all three. So uh, hopefully next week we'll have a three headed monster in the backfield with Jalen back. And then uh, I mean our receiving core, I got to give them a shout out too. They've been playing really well. Uh, Owen Barillo, Kobe Blanchard, Austin Hebert. Uh, Cameron Woods had a big catch last week uh, you know all those guys playing really well at receiver two kind of opens up the run game
1: yeah very good no doubt uh, defensively it's been one pretty good one and then one not so good one obviously what are you hoping to see from those guys against St. James I know you say you got to take the big playmaking receiver away what are some other things you guys got to do well to try to slow them down
12: big thing is consistency and tackling we, uh, we have to tackle consistency and we got to rally hats for the ball you know, uh, we can't have the one guy to the ball and and, and no help, you know. And when that happens, a guy breaks a tackle and it's over with, you know. And uh, we just got to get hats to the ball better, rally our defense to the ball, and gang tackle, you know, and uh, sure up our tackling, good form tackling, you know, cut out the arm tackling, move our feet a little bit better, square the guy up, club up, and, and, and form tackle well. If we do that, we'll be fine.
1: Coach, on that side of the ball, man, you guys got some size, and I was really impressed at the way that you were limiting and slowing the Tarpon run game at times. Is that one of you think your your areas of strength on defense? Is is that front, uh, you know, those front four, front seven guys?
12: Yeah, I think our linebackers are really good. Uh, you know, our front our front guys are pretty young. You know, we got a lot of juniors up front. I don't think we have a senior that plays on the defensive line, but uh, our linebackers are probably our more, more experienced kids because a lot of those kids played last year. Uh, Branson Arsenal coming back in the middle, you know, probably our smartest kid. He I mean, he's always in the right place, always around the ball. Uh, Rashad Jackson got a really good motor. Lamar Baker, uh, you know, Clay Granier, all kids that played last year and uh, have that experience at linebacker. So it, it it helps when you have those guys definitely, and especially those four guys because all four of those guys have a high motor.
1: Man, look, it's only week three. But you know as well as I do, this is a big game. This is a chance to get a bunch of power points, but St. James is going to move beyond this game. They're going to win a bunch. They're going to win at the minimum six, seven games, I think, at least. Do you emphasize that to the kids? Do you bring that up? Like, hey, this one's a really big one, or is it just, you know, hey, one week at a time, one opponent at a time, let's go?
12: Well, our philosophy, and and uh, I know Ian and, and DeMarcus and, and the older guys preach this because this is the thing we, you know, we – we kind of came up with as a team is every week we want to be one and zero. That's all we're looking at. We're not looking behind. We're not looking at you know what happened with with Lutcher and South, and, and we're not looking ahead. You know we're not looking at East St. John E.Y. We're just focusing on St. James. You know one week at a time. If we're one and zero oh every week, and you add them all up at the end of the year, I think we'll have a pretty good record. So uh, that's our that's our focus. Let's try to be one and zero oh this week. You know and, and take it week by week you know, game by game and just focus on that. And then the big picture will kind of take care of itself.
1: Do you guys look, I don't know, you said one week at a time, so that probably just answered the question, but have you looked at the new uh, classification in some of the schools that are with you or that are not with you? You know, I, I got the numbers pulled up here. Non-select side, you guys are currently listed as, let's see, I'm trying to find, 23rd. Do you even pay attention to that this early in the season?
12: Not really. Uh, we're not looking at power ratings or anything yet because – I mean, so many things are going to happen before that time comes, you know. Uh, I mean, a team like Lutcher, like we played, is going to win nine games. They're going to win – I mean, they're going to win a lot of games. I mean, I think they can win eight or nine games easily because uh, they're very talented and uh, took St. Charles right down to the wire. And, I mean, I think I tackled inside the five on the last play of the game, you know, and almost made a big play to win the game. You know, when you have a player like Winfield – I mean, I would think they would be the front-runner in that in that second class. But uh, a team like that that we played, a team like Edie White, uh, you know, those schools are going to get a uh, – St. James, they're going to get a ton of power points outside of district because they they just win. You know, they're winning programs. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be fine at the end of the year, I think, power rating-wise. I'm, you know, I'm trying to kind of not pay attention to that a whole lot right now and just, you know, preach the week-by-week thing one game at a time. Let's be one to know this week and I think everything at the end of the year will kind of take care of itself. If we have that mentality.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that, man. So, uh going on the road, I know we mentioned that, you know, the environment and everything out there, but in just in terms of the routine, you know, getting on the bus and, you know, different type of routine for during the school day, uh does that change anything for you all? Is that any type of concern doing it for the first time?
12: No, we got kind of a set routine. We we had to travel in a jamboree down to uh South Terrible, so we We've been on the buses before and and you know, we kinda know what our pregame meal routine is and taping routine and all that stuff is. It's gonna kinda be the same, maybe move back a couple of a couple of minutes here and there because we played the early game at South Tea that day at six o'clock in the jamboree. So we don't have to get going quite as early. So uh we've had a we've had a road game routine before so the kids kinda know what to expect. Our senior group is really good at leading leading the younger guys so uh, they've been through it before they've been you know been through traveling and they and uh you know they they have the experience that they can kind of make sure the younger guys fall in line
1: I asked BJ Young this a couple of weeks ago I was like man when it's game day when it's friday like how do you do anything productive as a teacher <laughs> something like BJ's got to teach and everything like I know you're amped up and you're geeked up and you're ready to go and how like and he said you know it it's tough so I'm going to ask you the same question tomorrow when you're you know, teaching your, your classes and you're dealing with your kids from your 7 o'clock to 2.30 job, how do you get anything done, man?
12: Well, I mean, with me, I'm fortunate enough to where I'm, uh, I am I have athletic PE all day long. We do weights and conditioning. So we do our game day lift on, uh, on game days, which is a circuit workout. It's a quick circuit. It's really fast. It's up-tempo. It's no weight. It's basically just bar weight, just trying to get that blood flowing because I'm a believer of the kid's. You know, just sit idle all day long and they don't do anything. It comes time for the game. And, you know, people I know preach rest, rest, rest. But if you don't get that blood pumping early in the day, I think sometimes you come out a little sluggish. So we do our game day lift uh, with the athletic P.E. guys, and they like it. You know, it's upbeat, up-tempo, high-tempo, you know, and uh, the kids love it. And that's kind of been a Friday thing for us for quite a few years now.
1: Really good. What are some keys to victory, man? What are some things you guys got to do well to win tomorrow?
12: Zero turnovers. Can't turn the ball over. Got to get off the field on third downs on defense. That's going to be big. If we can get off the field on third downs, I like our chances. And tackling is a must. Tackling is the key to the game.
1: Very good, brother. Well, look, thanks so much for the time. Good luck tomorrow, man. All right, man. Thanks. Yep. That is Coach Chris Dugall with Thibodeau High School doing a wonderful job as always. We've had a bunch of good calling guests today, man. We had Sterling Washington and Jesse Turner breaking down their matchup tonight over at South Terrebonne. Brody Williams giving a rundown of South LaFouche and Central LaFouche. We have Chris Dugan talking about St. James covering the full spectrum. We've got it covered like a blanket. Let's catch a break when we get back out of this break. I'll get you some betting picks, and we'll also talk a little bit of sports. There's been some headlines and some things that have dropped that we'll chat about before we wrap up. One more segment to go. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
7: Like bones, your teeth lose density and become weaker over time, which can lead to tooth decay. And that can make your visit to the dentist feel like this. But if you want your dental visit to feel like this, try Crest Densify. Crest Densify actively rebuilds tooth density to extend the life of teeth by remineralizing enamel. Densify from Crest, the number one toothpaste brand in America. Smile, Crest has you covered. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection. Or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000.
2: Get ready, Gritter, New Orleans area. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife show is coming for two big days only this weekend at the Train Center on Williams Boulevard. Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry, and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The Big One, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 till 5 on Sunday. Come to the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the Big One. Share a shoot and don't miss it.
7: Heather Hendricks here, your candidate for LaFouche Parish Judge Division A. Everyone votes in this race from the Fouchon to the St. John community, up, down, and across the bayou. I've been your prosecutor for eight and a half years, trying over 100 jury and judge trials with federal, state, and local experience. Before practicing law, I was an 8th grade teacher in the public schools for 11 years. So remember, Heather Hendricks for Judge. Early voting begins October 25th and the election is November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Heather Hendricks.
3: At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more tea times, more play time, more time to do good, more fast time, and more once upon a time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center.
1: One more segment to go here on play-by-play. Casey, just there here hanging out with you all until 1 o'clock. Give a shout-out to our buddy Luke in the studio helping us out. Um, Let's thank our sponsors one more time. The Blue Boot Foundation, Southland Dodge, and HOMA. Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. New friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz off the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets Feels Like Home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafourche Athletics and Community Youth Sports Organizations. Join us on Saturday, the Sports Corner, 10 o'clock, presented by Terrebonne General Health System, Stan Gravall, and myself for the latest in local high school, college, and professional sports from your local sports experts as presented by Terrebonne General Health System, sponsored by State Bank and Trust Company. Also, reminder, join us. High school varsity football every Friday night. Pre-game six thirty, kickoff seven o'clock tomorrow. South Lafouche and Central Lafouche. Our broadcast is sponsored by Tibidal, excuse me, Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A, Three T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos Golden Motors do friend building materials and tanner mcgee for judge court of appeals and a reminder after the game goes final after the lights presented by grand isle shipyard gis started as a modest company in 1948 and has now blossomed to employ over 2600 people throughout their gis family of companies gis embraces the highest levels of safety technology and operational excellence to give their clients and projects a competitive edge on a global scale learn more and draw- Excuse me, learn more and join their team today at www.gisy.com. That is After the Lights presented by Grandout Shipyard every Friday after the game goes final. I've got betting picks for you, but first, um, some tennis news. <laughs> Ooh, big tennis news. Roger Federer has announced today that he's going to retire the 20-time Grand Slam champion, will play the Laver Cup, its final tennis event. He is 41 years old. He has certainly done his time in the sport. He is certainly an absolute legend and part of a golden era in the sport in recent weeks, where, or recent, not recent weeks, in recent years rather, recent decades rather, where he has feuded with Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic. Federer released a video announcing his decision on social media saying, I'm 41 years old. I've played more than 1,500 matches over 24 years. Tennis has treated me more generously than I would have ever dreamt and now I must recognize when it is time to end my competitive career. As many of you know, the past three years have presented me with challenges in the form of injuries and surgeries. I've worked hard to return to full competitive form, but I also know my body's capabilities and limits, and its message to me lately has been clear. I'm not a big Federer guy. I'm I'm a Rafael Nadal guy. But at the same time, man, like Rio recognizes Rio. That dude is an absolute legend, one of the best to ever do it. And it was really cool to see Rafa Nadal announce on social media today on Twitter his absolute best wishes for Roger Federer. He said, Dear Roger, my friend and my rival, I wish this day would have never come. It's a sad day for me personally and for sports fans around the world. It's been a pleasure, but also an honor and privilege to share all these years with you, living so many amazing moments on and off the court. We'll have many more moments to share together in the future. There are still lots of things to do together, and we both know that. For now, I truly wish you all the happiness with your wife, Merka, your kids, your family, and enjoy what's ahead of you. I'll see you in London at the Laver Cup. Nothing but class, man. Nothing but class. Both ways. Nadal, Federer, like, those are good dudes. And that's why this era of tennis has been so much fun to watch. Roger, we're going to miss you, bro. We're going to miss you. And hopefully he has... Or finds peace in retirement. I know that's so hard for so many athletes to do. They don't want to give it up. Hopefully, he finds peace in retirement. Greg Norman said today that the live golf circuit has, quote, no interest in a truce or merger with the rival PGA Tour. Norman said, we have no interest in sitting down with them, to be honest with you, because our product is working. Norman told the Australian in an interview this week. That's why we are where we are today. Norman said we tried awfully hard. I know I did personally for the past year when we knew we were never going to hear from them. We just decided to go. The live golf tour has been debated and discussed and talked about here. I have I've talked about it. People around the world have talked about it. They now have a roster that includes Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson, on and on and on and on. They've got so many of the top ranked players in the world. And there have been discussions of maybe you know we're going to merge and maybe we're going to combine and maybe we'll add the best of both worlds. Nope, Norman says, hey, we're going for this. We're chasing it down. I'm sure tomorrow I'll have something or some form of a rebuttal from Rory McIlroy, who quote unquote doesn't care about Live Golf, but yet only and exclusively talks about Live Golf every single press conference that he has. But that's me being and me being petty. That's another argument for another day. The college football landscape this weekend, big matchups around the country. Georgia taking on South Carolina on ESPN at 11, Oklahoma and Nebraska at 11. Nebraska, of course, with the new coach, uh, coach Joseph out there will be coaching them as they take on Oklahoma. Penn state and Auburn. That'll be a fun one from SEC perspective. Ole miss. They've been unchallenged taking on Georgia tech BYU and Oregon. Um, Let's see what else we've got. Akron and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, man, can they keep that momentum going after a big win? A little bit of a trap game against an Akron team. Michigan State is an underdog on the road against Washington. Michigan State is number 11 in the country. Washington is unranked. That'll be fun. Miami and Texas AM, all the pressure that Jimbo Fisher is feeling. I think I misspoke earlier in the show. I just want to go ahead and correct that. I think I said that Nichols is facing Missouri State. They're not, they're facing Southeast Missouri this weekend. My bad y'all for that slip up. They're facing Southeast Missouri at two o'clock on Saturday. And then of course the game locally that everybody will be paying very close attention to will be in the late afternoon, five o'clock LSU will be taking on, um, Mississippi state. It'll be an opportunity for the Tigers to get to one and in SEC play Brian Kelly's first actual SEC game. Um, Big, big opportunity for LSU to kind of show that the ship that was wobbling a little bit is now back in calmer and steadier waters. The NFL schedule is loaded to the Gills. Week two will be more exciting than week one. And week one was really exciting. Tonight you got the Chargers and the Chiefs. I told you how excited I am about that. Miami and Baltimore is going to be fun. The Patriots and the Steelers is going to that's going to be fun. I think, you know, the Saints and the Bucs will be fun. How about um A matchup like uh, the Cardinals and Las Vegas, Chicago and Green Bay. Can Green Bay get back on track? Tennessee and Buffalo, Minnesota and Philadelphia. Um, We've got so many matchups, Dallas and and the Bengals, so many matchups of teams that on paper you figure are both going to be pretty good. You know, where's that desperation going to lie? Will some of the teams that are 0-1 kind of lay out and try to fix themselves? This is going to be a fun weekend in the NFL Can't wait to see how it shakes itself out. We're going to learn a lot more about some of these teams. We're going to learn a lot more about some of these rosters and some of these question marks that some of these teams have are going to end up being decided way, way, way more heavily by the time we get to Monday. Now, I almost forgot I owe you betting picks today, right? You guys would have not been happy with me if I didn't give you that. Today, I like... The Houston Astros, minus one and a half run line over the Oakland Athletics. The Astros are just better than Oakland. Lance McCullers has come off the DL and has been good. Um, Oakland can't score. The Astros are going to beat them up. They're going to win a 5-1 to one type game. Give me Houston to win that one today and cover the run line. Give me the Phillies to beat the Marlins today out in Miami and cover the minus 130 uh, money line. They're throwing Noah Syndergaard. Thor's going to beat Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez hasn't been good lately. He's been actually kind of kicked around a little bit. So give me the Phillies to win there. Remember the key to betting in September in baseball. Bet on a team that needs to win versus a team that doesn't need to win. Doesn't always work, right? The the Cubs have been kicking the crap out of the Mets the last few nights. But in this situation here, I think that this is going to pay off. I think the Phillies will take care of business and get the win. One last one that I like. I like the Cardinals, minus one and a half run line over the Reds. The Cardinals are throwing Miles Michaelis, who's really good. The Reds are throwing Chase Anderson, who isn't any good. Uh, He's given up nine runs in nine innings. That's no good for no one. A huge whip. I think the Cardinals are going to score a bunch, take care of business, and get the home win and defend their number one positioning in the NL Central standings. That's it for me, y'all. We're going to wrap up right here. I want to thank everybody for their time. We thank Brody Williams, Sterling Washington, Jesse Turner, and Chris Duga all joining us on the on the phone lines. I'll try to make it out to the HL Bourgeois-Ellender game tonight. If you're out there over at South Terrebonne and uh, you want to say hello, come swing by, come give us uh, a little love, shout us out. We'll get some pictures, and we'll try to post that up for everybody. Before we go, I want to give an update. We talked a little middle school Golden Meadow, the Lions, congratulations. Golden Meadow gets a victory 30-6 last night against Bayou Blue. So congratulations to Coach Curall and his crew. They have won two games in a row. They're 2-2 two and two on the season. They're getting better, man. They are making some strides. They're making some improvements. They're running a little shotgun now, spreading the field. Coach Curall and his team get a big win yesterday. Keep the train rolling. We wanted to make sure that we shouted those boys out before we wrapped up the show. That's it for me. This is Casey Disclare saying goodbye. Hope everybody has a wonderful rest of the day. Be safe on those roads. Have a great rest of the workday. We'll be back the same time tomorrow. God bless everybody.
0: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.